Hi, thanks for joining us on another episode of Teacher Nerds Podcast. Joe and Ron are self-proclaimed teacher nerds geeking out on all things education. They are looking to move educational practices out of the 1900s factory worker model to a student-driven classroom full of empathetic, creative, and collaborative students who are willing to take risks. Joe and Ron welcome you to join discussions they used to have privately, where they discussed educational tools, techniques, ideas, policies, and much more. Joe is a third grade teacher and Ron a technology teacher for grades three to eight. Thank you for listening and becoming one of the teacher nerds. Check us out on teachernerds.com and that's nerds with a Z. Find us on Instagram at teacher nerds podcast or on Twitter at teacher nerds. And now a word from a sponsor. Oh, have you heard about the nerds? What's the word? Teacher nerds. You can tweet them out on Twitter. You can find them on the gram. After listening to their podcast, you'd be sitting there like, bam! Trying to take the teaching from one level to the next. Reaching up to Canada and down to Mexico. Gotta go. Teaching nerds. Start the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Teacher Nerds Podcast. I'm Ron Nover. I'm Joe DiPaolo. I'm a technology teacher for third grade to eighth grade. Teach third grade. All right. And we have two guests with us today. We have uh, Valerie Sousa and uh, Jen Lieben. Thank you so much for joining us. You guys are author and illustrator of Coding uh, to Kindness. So it's so awesome to have you with us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So... We'll do our two yes mores, one no way, Halloween candy edition. It's time for two yes more, one no way. It's the day before Halloween, so, you know, you always have those. I I grew up with two brothers and a sister, so, like, we had the big communal bowl of Halloween candy, and there was always that stuff that got eaten first, and then the, the, the candy that stayed at the bottom of the bowl, you know? Joe, I know candy is your like one of your things. So, do you want to do you want to go first? Oh, this is a uh, you know Halloween candy. I think can go across so many different levels because the same things can come out around Christmas, um, you know Valentine's Day. There are a lot of similarities, but uh, when it comes to Halloween candy, um, one thing I'm into is the milk chocolate pumpkins that have marshmallow in the middle. So, like they're and then around. Thanksgiving, you find them, they're like turkeys. And then around Christmas, they're Christmas trees or Santa Clauses. So I, I do like one of those. Uh, the other thing I already discussed earlier, the pumpkins. Yep, the, like uh, candy corn pumpkins. Candy corn pumpkins. And it's funny because I don't like candy corn. I'll eat candy corn, but I don't like candy corn. But I like the pumpkins. And I don't know. I don't it's know the it's same called. thing. It's just well, in a different I don't think shape, it is. man. Nope. It's orange. It's that it's orange. A- it's that orange food color. <laughs> I think I like. I, I like all orange with just a little bit of green. So my one no way. <laughs> my one no way. I was gonna go candy corn, but instead I'm going with something else that can also be seen all through the uh, seasons. It's peeps. Like I don't like. Halloween peeps. If I'm going to eat a peep, it's got to be, and probably because of the food coloring, it's got to be like a yellow, a yellow <laughs> bunny. I don't even like the yellow ducks. So my one no way would be the orange pumpkin uh, peep. Halloween <laughs> edition. <laughs> very specific. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was uh very, very specific. Well, the, uh... <laughs> because, because that's all like Halloween. Like if we were just talking candy that we got, it's a whole different list. All right, so I'll jump in with mine, and I took it. I took it as candy that I would get when I was trick or treating, right? So okay. that that's kind of where I went with it. the The best thing was if you got any king size or full size bar, right? Like if it was a you know, it didn't really matter what it was. Um, chocolate, chocolate, like a chocolate, chocolate yeah. candy bar. Yeah, there there is no other candy other than chocolate. Let's let's be honest. Okay. My brother is in his thirties and he will only give out full size candy bars. Like yeah. he's oh, made it a point in his life. He has no kids. So he's got, you know, one of the expendable 
money here. But he he makes it a point. He's always wanted to be that house. That guy. Yeah. Good for him. He's on the East Coast. Anybody out there? Yeah. Yeah. Where where is he? Because I'll dress up and go right now. He's in he's in Pennsylvania. So hey, we're we're in New Jersey. Joe and I. We're we're very close. Is he he Philly? Uh, He's in York. York. All right. So he's out like Lancaster County. We we went to visit him and we did drive to New Jersey. So I know it's not that far. Okay. So it's it's doable. Okay. <laughs> go trick or treat. So I'll, I'll go trick or treating at his house, and then Reese's peanut butter cups has to be my second. Like that's 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 my and Jen's giving me the thumbs up. So yeah, uh, Reese's, and then the one no way that like always was bottom of the bowl were Tootsie Rolls. The, oh. the Tootsie Rolls just always were there at the end. Nobody, you know, when you were. When you were down and like blowing dust off of the candy in the bottom of the bowl, you would go to the Tootsie Roll if you had to, but it wasn't one you were picking out for us. No, Joe? I like Tootsie Roll. Yeah. I, I like the chocolate ones. I like the, the other flavors like cherry and orange and lime. It's and you lemon. and orange. What is, what is that with you? <laughs> I got problems, man. <laughs> Not real orange, orange food color. Right. Or, or orange <laughs> yeah. flavoring. It's not even orange flavoring. It's just the color. Uh, no, 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 no. It, I think they taste different than candy corn. And you know what? I can go do a taste test right now because I got them both in the cabinet. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Valerie or Jen, who wants to go to jump in with our yes more one no way? Let's have, let's have Valerie go just right. in case. Okay. Well, <laughs> I really love chocolate and mint together. So my favorite is peppermint patties. And Junior Mints. I know it's totally not the popular thing, but <laughs> sort of like every time I was sick when I was little, I would just get peppermint patties. So I feel like it's just like a nostalgic thing and yeah. I always like it. Um, this is going to be even more unpopular. Oh, no. Wait for it. Are you ready? <laughs> Dislike is Reese's. <laughs> but I have to explain myself. Wait. I have to explain myself. Wait, Reese's peanut butter cups? I am anaphylactically allergic to peanut butter. Okay, all right. So. That, I'll give you a pass. All right. <laughs> so, but I hear that they're amazing, but I've never had, and everyone I've talked to, they're so, like, how have you never experienced a Reese's peanut butter cup a day in your life? I'm like, well, I haven't. Um, but yeah. So I can't have any. So a lot of my trick-or-treating when I was younger with my um, two sisters, we would all go and then they would love it because all the peanut butter candy that I got. Oh, yeah. Their piles. Nice. And it would get all that stuff. So they got a lot more good stuff than I did. But. Oh, man. No Snickers, no peanut butter tops. Wow. That's, that's I was going to say, never any peanut butter. Wow. Well, I've had it a couple of times and it didn't end well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no. <laughs> So okay, so it's in the hospital, but yeah, that's how you find out if you're allergic to it, huh? <laughs> yeah. The hard way, like, yep. Wow, yeah, man. Yeah. All right, so yeah, well, I'll, I'll I can let the peanut butter cups go. Got to pass. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Jen. All right. Well, I have very, I have very strong opinions about this, and but you know what? I was thinking, Valerie, like there are so many like of our students that have those peanut yeah. allergies that experience that same thing, and it like it makes me. I mean. It like it it breaks my heart, but it also kind of like sheds some light. Like those things that we just take for granted. Like there's a lot of kids that can't experience that, you know. Yeah. And and being sensitive to that, I'm like, man, that's real important. Um, and then I'm going to become completely insensitive now because my top <laughs> one was Reese's peanut butter cups, right and I was like, they they make them in the hardest one to find. So you get the pumpkin ones, you yep, at yep. Halloween, you get the tree ones, you get the whatever. They make bat-shaped ones, and I've seen my yeah. all-time favorite animal is bat. So I got really excited. So I bought them. They're harder to find, and it just looked like a lump. I was so disappointed. <laughs> it wasn't really a bat. It just looked like a blob. So um, peanut butter cups my favorite thing because my philosophy of chocolate is if you add peanut butter to chocolate, you make it better. My other philosophy, I'm sorry, Valerie, is if you add mint to chocolate, you ruin chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like mint chocolate. When I go to the dentist and, you know, you get the cleaning and they're like, what flavor do you want? You can have strawberry. You can have blah, 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 blah. You can have mint chocolate. And I'm like, ooh, anything except mint chocolate. Like, I can't. So it's funny because that's actually not the thing I named is the one that I disliked. Um, oh, but my second good one, Almond Joy. 
I oh, love coconut, oh, coconut yes. and chocolate. And I know that's a polarizing one, but I- I'm allergic to nuts too. <laughs> <laughs> we are like the yin and yang. Yeah, how did you guys ever get to work together? <laughs> that's We why. need to trick her. See, like, that's why we need to trick or treat. Yes, because I we could just trade candy. Yeah, there you just go. <laughs> All right. So my my nope, my nope is yellow Starburst goes in the trash. Oh, gross. <laughs> that's lemon. That's not yellow. That's lemon. No, ooh, no, <laughs> yellow Starburst. It's garbage. Huh. Like you get those packs and there's two in there. Yep. My brother opened one the other day and he goes. Oh, it's two yellow ones. And we both uh, like, oh, come on. <laughs> didn't get a pink one, didn't get a red one, didn't get an orange one. Two yellows. It hey, was like those, orange, the those orange ones are good. The orange ones are. are good. I'll, <laughs> I'll eat them all. I, I, are Starbucks are good. That's, and you could, yeah, everyone's talking about chocolate except me. I, I, that's, I, that's candy. Chocolate and candy, I think there's two separate categories. Oh, all right. Yeah. I can, I can, yeah. I can see where you're coming from with that. Chocolate is one thing, candy's another. Well, we appreciate you guys indulge us. We always have a lot of fun with with our two yes mores one that way. We have fun coming up with the topics. Hey, Valerie, would you like to start by kind of giving us a little bit, just a background about yourself? Sure. I am a kindergarten teacher. I've been teaching kindergarten for a little over a decade. And um, <laughs> Jen's giving me the wave down. Yeah. That's what usually usually the response I get. I, I, <laughs> we have had person. that same discussion just before you popped on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, all teachers are special, and in you know they they definitely find their own little niche and they stick to. <laughs> Mine's definitely early childhood for sure. Um, but about three four years ago, I. Um, just put out a donor's juice project and I really started um, researching coding in the classroom and it was very new for me and I love technology and I just wanted to dive in. So I did that and started coding with the kids and I was just amazed by the process. Um, I wasn't really, I was looking at it more in the lens of teaching them about technology and the world around them because I mean, our whole world is technology now. We rely on it every day with remote learning and um, so it's just important that they know pieces of the world around them. And I felt like a lot of the younger kids are like, well, it's just magic. It just happens. <laughs> and so, so it's just it, wanting to teach them a little bit more about it. And, um, but also in the process, I noticed how much they collaborated and discussed and, um, talked with one another and they learned so many important social skills, um, in the coding process. So I then loved those two things together. And I started um, sketching out different ideas for books. I've always I've always written things, but I've never actually like shared them with many people. Um, so this was my first little opportunity to put something together. So I started putting stuff together, and I came up with coding to kindness. Um, the three characters are named after um, pioneer woman in um, programming. So Ada Lovelace, Grace Hopper, and Dorothy Vaughn. So. Um, the kids, not only when they read this book, they get um, pieces of problem solving and social skills, they get coding, and they also get a little bit of a history lesson about these three amazing women. So, um, yeah, and then I just put it out to Edumatch. Um, it's been, gosh, a while now. It's like two years ago now, which is weird. And um, I put it out there, and they picked up the book, and then they connected me with Jen and I just remember seeing a couple of her sketches and then I said, you know, can you sketch up the um, characters? And um, she sketched the characters and I loved it. And then I gave a little bit of feet because I remember she made them like a little older than what I was envisioning. Um, and so I said, can you just make them a little younger? And within like 24 hours, she got it all done. And I was like, this is it. This is awesome. We're rolling with it. And then here we are today. So such, um, such a cool story. Yeah. yeah, it's it was awesome, and and Jen was amazing throughout the whole process connecting with her. And one piece about the book that's also really cool is that um, there are pages in the book that are interactive, so they actually have to code the characters back to kindness. Awesome. So it's not just a book where you're just you know reading. I don't read any book really. It's always interactive, but this has another whole element of interactive um, pieces to with the kids when you're reading. So. They have a grid here similar to what is taught with early childhood and they start here and they have to code 
back. And like anything with technology, there's bugs along the way. So they learn a little bit about that and they want to avoid those bugs. So there's little bugs here with words like inattentive, disagreement, distant. Those are all things that are going to get in the way of friendships. And that's what's getting in the way of the characters in the story. So, so cool. it's a little, it's a little mix of multiple lessons all embedded into one. So, um, Jen's been awesome and she made some activities on our website too, where you can do extended activities with coding. And I had made a couple as well um, on the website too. So it's definitely got a bunch of pieces. Like you could work this book a whole entire week's worth of lessons. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So Jen. A little bit about me. Yeah, awesome. Go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, is the book geared just towards elementary or is it really, and or like early learners of coder coding? I, I would say early early learners, but I, I think any elementary um, age student would enjoy this book because really they all we all have our issues with friendships, and I think um, you know even in high school my belief is that uh, they should still yeah. be still be looking at picture books. It, it, picture books are powerful. I love reading yeah. picture books, and I'm an adult, so um, I don't like to put an age gap on it, but it is more. Um, some of the issues that arise are more geared towards elementary age students okay. um, with the social interactions and, and issues that arise with their friendships. Okay. So Jen, you want to give us a little bit of background on you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess I also want to reflect on that last question a little bit because I think of it as being, I, I actually used it last week for kindergarten, first and second grade. And that's why I have activities. It was, it started out selfish. I made them for myself and I was like, I put all this work in, we'll just share it out. So I feel like from a coding level, it's early elementary, but like there's with any picture book, there are so many things that you can do with it. You know? Right. Well, um, I, I use picture books so much in class as for third grade. And I'm just thinking of, we have a piece, a piece path outside that the kids walk around. And when you start talking about coding back to kindness and all, like it's, it just, I mean, I, um, wheels, yeah. are, wheels keep going. Um, yeah. So that's why I just, I, I think it would be easy to extrapolate this to like a third, fourth grade by explaining that it's for, it, you know, it's directed for younger kids and here's the problem that they do. But I think the, the great way to kind of scaffold that would be to have them then start creating their own problem, their own puzzles and their own things, you know, cause they'll kind of gear it towards their level. So gotcha. that's where I would see that going. Um, oh, but you asked me about myself. <laughs> so, uh, so my name is Jen Lieben, and I have been teaching for 20 years. I started off as a, um, I have my K-12 visual arts. Uh, I started out as an art teacher. Oh. I taught art at the middle school level for 13 years. So that's where the drawing comes into play. Like I started out, my parents said, you're not going to be a starving artist. What are you going to do with your life? And I was like, I'll teach art. That's what I'll do. Yeah. And then it, and then it became all teaching all the time. So I started off with that. Then um, I found that I had a love for, t for tech and computers and things. Um, and I did a lot of that with art. So when our like computer applications teacher, it's always called something different at every school. Right. But when she retired, um, my middle school principal said, Hey, Jen, do you, would you be interested in moving to that job? Cause I had gone back to school and got my tech specialist endorsement and everything. And, um, I said, no, I don't want that job uh, <laughs> because at the time it was keyboarding and right. Microsoft word and office. And I was like, this is a snooze fest. No. And she goes, no, go, yeah, I was like, I'm going to teach boring class. Um, so she goes, well, you know, Next year, we're going fully to our one-to-one -one program, and we're going to have to start using, you know, the Google Apps and everything. She, so she basically, like, said, like, so you kind of have, like, free rent. You're building the program, Jen. You can do whatever you want. And I was like, hmm, that sounds amazing. So I actually took the job. I did that for about five years. And then this year, I made the leap, like, after 20 years of teaching from middle school to K-5, and it is such a culture shock, which is why I, like, bow. I bow to Valerie because nothing freaks me out more than when I have to teach the kindergartners, and it's because they have so much energy, and I was talking with a friend of mine last night that's a kindergarten teacher, uh, Ben, ben Cogswell. He's in California, and he just, like, gave us this, I don't know how to, like, a tsunami of ideas, and he was, like, throwing all this stuff at us and all these ideas, and I was like, oh! 
now I know what I've been doing wrong. I've been treating my K-5 kids like middle school kids. Like I talk to them just like this and I'm like, and I can't figure out why they don't like understand things. And I'm like, Jen, you need to be like Sesame Street, dude. You need to be like a lot slower. You need to like, and, and I don't mean that in like a, like a dumb it down way, but like, I think I assumed a lot about the kids that aren't necessarily the case, you know? And it was like, I think once I realized that and like you, you sort of have to, there's a certain amount of entertainment you got to do in yep. there. I'm like, Oh, so I sort of had this epiphany just last <laughs> night about that, that I've been thinking about a lot. So Valerie, like so much respect for, for the kindergarten life. We were just talking but, before yeah. how yep. I feel like every day it's like I'm on stage. It's right. a performance every day. And I don't mean like a, a, I'm faking it, but it's just very much. And like you said, it's not dumbing it down. It's just more um, mm-hmm. getting to their level and meeting them. And it's hard yes. if you don't, if you're not with that age group frequently, it's hard to understand where they're at developmentally. Right. But no, mm. you're, we all have our own little spaces yeah. and great. <laughs> and it's, I, I, I know like, because I teach third grade to eighth grade technology. So like going from teaching my eighth graders and then, you know, next period is third grade, you know, like sarcasm. Things like that yeah. that just don't don't transfer very well. <laughs> and as a third grade teacher, you know what the worst thing is about being in school this year? They don't, as being a very sarcastic person with the mask on, they don't they don't get it. So they they don't see. I think this is it's it's and it's hard to change. It's hard to stop being. You know, there's one liners and zingers coming right. out all over the place, <laughs> and the kids and I'm. And like sometimes I just want to put it down. Like guys, I'm smiling. Like I'm joking. Um, <laughs> and and not that they get the jokes at all, but now they don't even know that I'm joking. Right. Um, yeah. So that's a uh, that's something new to deal with. You know? Yeah. I do. That's one it's thing. Something I'm, new you learn about yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and something I'm glad being remote. You know, I'm at home all the time. Being remote, the kids do get to see my face. Like I don't have to have a mask on. Um, and Joe and I teach at the same school, but he's in school, I'm home, and I'm teaching two students who are in school as well as students who are coming in remotely just because of health concerns that I have and my wife has. So that's asynchronous and synchronous, right? Is that that the professional terms? Or as I like to call it, just a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Easy. Yeah. Easy peasy. The, the whole term of build the plane as you fly it really just like last year, I thought that's what I was doing. Nope. That wasn't it. I, this I is building now, as you fly. No, you're learning to fly <laughs> as I'm building. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, they just threw the plane up in the air and went, good luck. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's a, it's a fun experience. Everybody, like I said, you know, everybody's got their own little, you know, struggles and everything, but yeah, it's a, it's a good time. So, um, one of the things, Valerie, like with, so bringing coding into kindergarten, what were, what were some of the, I guess, struggles, you know, that, that came along with that? I know earlier you had talked about like parents being like, what? My kid's learning Java and, you know, binary and and C++ in kindergarten. What is going on? (laughs) Well, I think that's so frequently just what people go to and they go to these like adult programmers and, and the technology that adults see every day. And I think that it's coding is just really important because it's just teaching problem solving in mm-hmm. kindergarten. And that's um, a huge piece. And I think it's so important to have open ended problem solving where there there isn't one right answer. There's many answers. And. Um, it's your approach in getting there. I think that really that will, um, that almost shapes the mind of these young kids as they're getting older because that's the world we live in. We need to live with that type of mindset. Um, everything yeah. is not black and white anymore. There are so many innovative ways and things happening. Um, so, I mean, I didn't really have too many struggles overall. It was just more... Um, sometimes like it would, at first, you know, the students were like getting frustrated with each other a little bit. Like, no, you go this way. No, you do this. And they weren't necessarily talking to each other with patience and, and kindness. Um, but oh, like I saw quickly after practice and I, I loved that coding gave that practice to the kids in an authentic way. 
um, that it allowed for them to like problem solve together, work together and learn how to sequence. So they're just basically sequencing directional, like directionality. So forward, right, left, backwards. And, um, they're figuring out like all these things. And there's so many different ways that we can do it in kindergarten. And it's not all, um, on the computer. Most of it's not. Um, you know, I do use Scratch Junior, um, on the iPad. Um, Codable is another great one. And then Code.org. Yet we have all those and those are wonderful things, but there's so many things that you can actually teach them that are completely tech free. Um, so a lot of the things are board games. I have a little mouse. It's similar to like a B-Bot. Um, and even sidewalk chalk outside and yep. building building a grid and having them get through that way. We also made grids on the table and um, I did a social studies activity, an icebreaker activity. Like I just always tried, tried to pull in different things. And what's so cool, I think, about coding too is that you can pull in so many different things. It, mm-hmm. it becomes a very um, uh, multidisciplinary approach when you do it that way. Um, and it's really cool because it just sort of like lended itself every time I went back to it and I wasn't expecting that either as a teacher when I started. So I appreciated that and loved it. And um, I I did get a lot of comments like, I don't understand coding in kindergarten. What are you doing with my child? But over time, and I did a parent workshop and I explained what coding looks like and um, why it's important in early childhood. Um, And parents really appreciated and understood. And I think the biggest thing is that like they were going to third grade enough and they were getting introduced to coding, but they really didn't have a lot of background knowledge before that. They were jumping into like higher level coding. So if you start off earlier in their early childhood and work their way up, they get those basic like off screen um, coding things happening. Then when they go to third grade, they're going to even be more solid in it. And I know so many students that are like, I can't wait. And, I want to be in coding club and it's really cool. And another piece too, is just like the book. Like I chose three woman characters because I really think that um, when you look at after school coding programs, most of the time they're boys. And it's, it's just, I want girls to also know at a young age that they can do things in STEM like this and that they have a voice and that they, they can be programmers one day if they want to. It's, it's, it's just, I want them to feel um, inspired and empowered by these three women that are, you know, the characters are based off of, but also just the book itself. And I love that they're like historical programming, you know, women. So like they can actually go back and look at a biography about this woman who, who is a character in the story. I think that's really awesome. I have to say one of the, I did last year a, uh, you know, off screen coding program with the kids and it was probably one of the most fun times they had was it was code the teacher so i just stood in a box on the floor in the back of the room and they had a program made to do different activities um, whether it was writing whatever they told me to on the smart board or you know sitting in a chair and i had all these silly hats and masks and putting those on and but I was as literal as the directions were. So if you told me to keep walking, I would walk into the wall. I'd f- fall over a desk. It, you know, I would do whatever you told me to do. And they just, they had a, such a blast with it. Uh, I mean, they did, and they worked in pairs to, you know, so that they could debug at their code and they wrote it all down. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, That's such a great idea. I'm stealing that. Oh uh, yeah. It was. <laughs> Once I'm back in the classroom, I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually have two two versions of that kind of that I've done that it's off screen coding. Right. Sorry, I just wanted to no, yeah, I wanted yeah. to kind of jump off of yeah, what Valerie was saying there because I think in early child early early grades, coding's not coding like you think of it. Coding is more about that like sequencing and clarity of directions is yeah. what I was going to say. So when you said you took it really literally, that's exactly like what I was, you know, what I was talking about with my kids. So in sixth grade, I've actually done these projects, but I could see them like adapting them for remote too. So I did one where it was Lego. Each student got um, 10 or 12 Lego pieces, but I matched them up ahead of time. So they got the same like 12 pieces. So I just had them in like baggies and we used those like 
science display board things and they put them between each other. Uh, so one student would build something with those 12 pieces and then they would have to tell the other person yeah. the directions to build it. And then at the end they could hold it up and see if they matched. So that was really fun. If you had the kind of class where you could send things home, I could see you doing it remotely. Like sure, that would yeah. still work or maybe doing it with like uh, Google draw and shapes or something to build yeah. it. You know, if you had to do it remotely. And then the other thing that I did with my students was, Mr. Potato Head. So that was so, so random. Like, Jen, why do you have 10 Mr. Potato Heads in your classroom? And I'm like, well, it's for introduction say, to coding. Why yeah. wouldn't you have so, 10 Mr. Potato Heads So in your again, I know. So they would get into groups and the, the computer, the person that was the computer had the Mr. Potato Head and the programmer had to tell them like where to put the pieces. So if they didn't specify like on the left or on the right or on the first <laughs> hole or the second hole or whatever, your Mr. Potato Head would get built all. And the instruction of the student that was a computer was follow it exactly. Don't right. assume thing. You know, so they had to, it's like two other versions of your code teacher thing. Right. Um, and it's, it is, they really have fun with it. And it's, it, that is those, that is, that is those basic things. Those are those <laughs> basic things. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. I think it is. It's the basic, like just, it's the mindset. Right. Like if you can get the mindset down first that, A, you are going to have to go back and debug. It is not going to be right the first time, you know, that it really lends itself to when you get into real programming. And, you know, you because frustration sets in very quickly, you know, in that real programming, if you don't have that mindset of debugging. Well, it's just, it's the mindset of failing right, and yeah, figuring yeah. out what went wrong and yeah. moving forward. So no matter really what you're doing, and you called it, it's problem solving, right? Yeah. And and I know, uh, what do you want? Do you want a bunch of kids that can take tests? Or do you want a bunch of kids that can figure out like, yo, this is a problem. Let's try this. And, Ooh, this didn't work. Um, right. right? Like those are, that's, that's real learning. Right. You want thinkers. Yeah. When when we did a um, coding project once in the classroom, every morning we have a school mantra. It says, hand in hand with kindness we can, dream, persevere, and grow. So we talk oh. about perseverance a lot. Yeah. And and so I walked over and the child just looked at me with the biggest smile and was like, it's okay, Mrs. Sousa, I'm persevering. <laughs> and it was like... <laughs> Like that's what you want right yeah, there. Like absolutely. and that's life. I not even with coding, but yeah. with life. Like you, you you're gonna hit bugs and bumps in the road yeah. and it's it's the steps that you take after that, you know, to try and make it right and make it better. Um I think it's just such a great mindset to teach young children. And, I wish I wish more districts did K to eight programs like that or or not programs, but you know, mindsets or like you the mantra, like moving forward as opposed to like maybe they get it from one got one person one year and then that you know maybe they don't have the teacher next year that does it or in middle school they're they're going between five or six different teachers and it's like who am I, what am i stepping into next like am i going to be able to think for myself on this room or am i going to have to sit there and listen and just take notes like right. i think it not that i'm describing anything specific but just uh, you know the way i was brought up we didn't even get any anything not brought up but schooling um so it would just be nice to see wishful thinking everyone change and everyone be on the bandwagon uh, i think i've said to ron before it, it stinks that we have to reach out to all these different people that are so far away to find people that kind of think along the same way um <laughs> that's a beauty of twitter you know? though like being able to have those connections Jen, and I have to say, like, you had, you're talking about your Mr. Potato Head. I don't know if you know or follow Ellen Deutscher. She's, uh, she, I probably do. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but she's a design thinking person. She, she's out in San Francisco. But, uh, you talking about the Mr. Potato Head, she had, when she taught fifth grade, a rubber chicken project that she, um, talked about with us where they would send flat rubber chickens all over the world, like a flat Stanley. <laughs> And they actually yes. did a flat, or was it a rubber chicken in space? They, they like wrote persuasive letters to NASA to let them put it on a mission. Um, and it never, they never did, but NASA, the astronauts gave them a shout out from the International Space Station with their rubber chicken project. And what was it? Cartoon Network did a whole thing in one of the cartoons with her rubber chicken project. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll, I'll she, have to. She's oh, unreal. Yeah. She she's like, 
uh, what's his name? Les Claypool, Anthony Kiedis. Like, she's got so many hands and so many pots. It was a wild ride. So one of the things I was thinking when you got when you both were discussing the book and like activities and how like Joe, you were talking about that peace trail and how you could do different coding activities in the classroom. One of the things I I just had a, an interview two weeks ago with uh, John Smith from Book Creator. I thought one of the coolest things would be having them write a coding book for themselves in Book Creator. Um, and the, the, what I really have loved in using it this year with students is having them use PNG files and layer the PNG files to really get depth to their, their illustrations, um, has really been amazing. So it would be really neat to then turn it around on the students and say, all right, now you guys go write your own story about coding and, and it's coding to whatever, you know, dot, 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 let them, Come up with what it would be. Chocolate. Coding to chocolate. Coding to chocolate. <laughs> Coding to orange or pumpkin candy corn. Right? The orange stuff. And you have to avoid the actual candy corns along the way. Or the Reese's peanut butter. Or the Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> Those are my bugs for sure. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah. Like there would be a whole Halloween activity. Um, yeah. That would be very cool. I know. I wish I wish we did this last week because I'm pulling things together for tomorrow. That'd have been awesome. <laughs> See, we're just a, a week. Hey, look, next yeah. year you are set for Halloween now. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Wheels are turning. So, Jen, can we talk a little Wii video? Yeah, yeah. Totally. So, um, now, Valerie, do you have you used Wii video? Do you? I haven't. I've looked looked at it and everything, and um, explored it a little on my own, but I haven't actually used it. Because they also have with the with the little ones, they have the was it the story uh, story mode timeline or story yeah, mode. And they have the iPad app as well. Oh, okay. I, there's an oh, iPad okay. app that's um, simplified. But if you're using Chromebooks, yeah, you can change from timeline mode to story mode, which right. looks like the iPad app looks more like a uh, uh, iMovie. Right. So yeah. Yeah, very cool. Good. Um, yeah. What do you want to know? So, well, how long have you been using, you know, using Wii Video? Oh, okay. So when I moved from teaching art to teaching tech, um, we had the one-to-one program and they were like, well, we have Chromebooks. We need a video editor. You know, how, how do you edit video on a Chromebook? And the answer, I mean, especially like going on six years ago, but even now it's like the answer is Wii Video. Like, that's the thing. Because it's cloud-based, it's not device-dependent. So here's the thing. Like, I love my Macs. I'm talking on a Mac right now. I got my iPad and my Apple Pencil. I love it. But iMovie, it's device-dependent. You're working on it at school. It doesn't matter. You know, you have to have that same device, and you carry it with you in order to keep working on it. With WeVideo, I can work on it right here at home. I can go to school, work on it on my Windows machine. I can go... I actually, like... Last year, my son, my son was in the hospital with pneumonia last year, and I actually had my Chromebook with me, and I edited an entire YouTube video, made my thumbnails, and uploaded it from the hospital Wi-Fi on my Chromebook, and I was like, oh, I love this. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's the the cloud based um, is what sold it for. You know, I think my school district originally, so they do have a, a Wii video for schools. Um, we have yep. a district like license, that's, we, so we, have we, it do, as we well, have, yeah. they're great, yeah. they're great, and. Yeah, and if I was in charge, which I'm not, but if I was, and I could only buy one thing, one like subscription for a school district, I really and I don't just I don't just say I get no kickbacks. Um I would buy Wii Video because yeah. I think like it's just the most powerful thing and you get the most bang for your buck with it. Um and they're constantly updating and they are very invested in education and they listen to our feedback. Yeah. So I I have insider knowledge that there is stuff that's coming out that's going to blow your mind, man. Well, today, coming today out with real stuff. collaboration was they, released. They announced that one today? All right, yes. Yeah. Live collaboration has been going on for... Uh, they promised it to us last summer at ISTE was okay. when they first were like, it's in the works, it's coming. Love it. And then, yes, now it's finally... Because people always wanted to collaborate in WeVideo the way you would on a Google Doc. Right. And we were always told like that... That like technologically it's just not possible, and you have people like moving each other. It right. just wouldn't work. Um, and then now like the magic of tech, it's here. <laughs> Joe so, and I were in yeah. the beta test for it. 
Yay! Um, we did with uh, Joe's co-teacher, we did a carpool karaoke, Take Me Home Country Road. Very um, hard. Yeah, but it it was awesome because wow. we were all in the timeline editor at the same time, editing clips, pulling them together. Like it was just it was we had so I never laughed so much when we were doing well, that. Well, not only that, but like how everything was working. Like there right. was no there was no lag, and nope. you know it was like, oh, are you doing this? I'm you know because we were were we on a meet too? Yeah, we were on so, a or no, we were on like a Zoom or something. Yeah, so we're doing running the meet, running the live version, and it was. I mean, pretty much seamless. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Jen, do you mind if I ask, um, do you use it with like K-2 students? Okay, that's a great question. I haven't done it yet because remember, I'm brand new to, (laughs) but I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing these guys talk about, uh, the real time collaboration and my wheels are going and I'm like, yeah, we need to do this because if it's not individual projects, if they're collaborating together, then I absolutely do think they could use it because there's always like, like the kindergartners are teaching me seesaw right now. Like that's, that's the thing. Like they know it, they want to share. So they'll ask me something. I'll be like, well, I don't really know how to do that. And then another kid just shouts out, Mrs. Lehman, you got to go to the three dots and hit the thing. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, thanks. So uh-huh. yeah. So I absolutely see it. Like, like I'm like, I need to try that now. I need and to. And that's, that's so cool too. If you're remote that like, you could have two kids that are remote be working on a video together and experiencing mm-hmm. like I that that connection piece where they could make a video that's collaborative about things that they like like together yep. or you know their favorite candies or their not favorite candies. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, like Jen, Jen and I's video would be completely opposite of each right. other. Yes, <laughs> yes, but, but the, yeah. the nice thing with. With we video is they have that whole library of stock images oh, you don't and have stock, to stock content. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kids can create an entire video just from within we video. You don't actually need cameras or lights or, you know, right. microphones. They can go into the stock footage and type outer space and you can get like space inspired music, still photos, you know, moving like backgrounds of just space you know a picture of an astronaut you know there's so much stuff and they can like put it together they can layer titles on top of it so that's what i think is really cool is that you're not worrying about like do i have to like give them a folder of pre-done stuff do we have to spend two weeks filming this and then bringing that in and doing this Nah, they can make it all from right within the uh the uh well why can i not the library well and so on the on the ipad how does that look um, that's a I mean, great question. The last time I did it on the iPad, I know that we had access to the camera roll. We were doing, you know, and I need to look at that now. Okay. Well, I, I mean, not because I... <laughs> Talk about yourselves. We, you know, like, because as, like, I was just wondering if they could, because I know in third grade, one of the hard things is when they go into that stock media, I get the question all the time. How do you spell this? How do you spell that? So, like, I didn't know if on the iPad, you get that uh, voice. Right on, yeah. When when the oh, keyboard would really when the keyboard would come up on the iPad, right? There's that little button. Um, you know, I just tell the kids, I'm like, well, you know, it's sound sounded out. I, you know, probably hey, that's a, that's not- a good suggestion though for Wii Video to put into the even the Chromebook app a little microphone up there to so that they can speak. You know what they're looking for. Third graders well, can learn can can spell it out. True, but, you uh, yeah, know, but like, still, I mean, just in general, it's a good yeah, it's a good. good thing. Okay, well, so this is interesting. So I'm in the Wii Video app on my iPad, and you can get from the device media. They have the camera, and then Wii Video Essentials. That was what I couldn't remember. I knew oh, there was yeah. a name for their library, the Wii Video Essentials. And when I click on it, it does have like a search for content bar, like you would type in. But when I hit it. I do get the regular keyboard. Oh, that's a terrible view there. But I do get the regular keyboard, including the the microphone. Okay. So that sounds really promising. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'll tell you, uh, Valerie, we had uh, a a few episodes ago, we had Jeremy Gluckman, who who is uh, the creator community uh, creator. Community manager. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, uh, he did with preschool kids in new york oh, he did two they created two movies 
that he shared with us from YouTube that are on our Wakelet from that episode. And they're hilarious. I, I mean, and they with iPads, right, Ron? I think because yeah. they, they had they had the iPads. Oh no, no, because he said he was using full on like thousand dollar cameras. He said I was you know concerned about having four and five year olds running around with with the cameras, and he he actually edited it because he, they didn't have Wii Video. Um, but he said they created just amazing movies. Um, so yeah, I, I think I would give it a shot with kindergarten. It would be cool. Even just with yeah. finding like shapes, like going into the essentials library and finding, you know, find me rectangles in everyday life of buildings and this and that, like, you know, it would be neat to, to throw um, They can do it. Yeah. Can you download? Okay. So if students use Seesaw to record themselves, can they download that content? Is that downloadable? This is a Seesaw question. Sorry. I've, I've, but I'm going somewhere with it. That I don't, I don't know use seesaw person. I know they yeah, can. Yeah, this with is Flipgrid. brand new to me too. Yeah, yeah. With Flipgrid, you can. But the problem I was having with my students was I put a. The problem was I put a Flipgrid in a seesaw, and the kids were completely confused because you can record from right <laughs> within seesaw. And I'm like, no, the green button. And this was just my ignorance with seesaw, and you know, dealing with little. So I'm learning very quickly. Um, but I was thinking if you can somehow download it, or maybe you can on the teacher side that would be a great way for them to record because right. that's something they're used to and they're comfortable with. So, and then you uh, can just upload it into WeVideo. Yeah, but, uh, WeVideo connects with your Google Drive. Yep. So that's how we, we for our students, get stuff up. So even if they were using their, in middle school, using their iPhone or their mobile device, I would tell them, well, then on your mobile device, upload it to Drive because then when you're yep. at school, you access your Drive and your stuff is there. Yeah. It's the the best thing was when we started when the not only the kids but the parents started to understand Google Drive because the parents have the videos and the you know the pictures on their phone so I was like if you log into their Google and put the drive like you could put it right in there and then they're coming to school on Monday making like just videos of things uh, we had a kid uh, talk about quad safety so just rolling around on the quad in the backyard and did a whole little video on why you should wear a helmet. So, you know, like, and I think it meant a lot more to him because it wasn't just stock video footage. Right. You know, his mom was able to get his live footage. So yeah. we do, we, we, uh, I, I'm a, I love, we, we use it, you know, we're doing yeah. a project right now for weather and, uh, it's just fun. And you give them a little one point rubric, like if it has, you know, it should have this, does it, it doesn't, um, so, and that's where like you start what it shapes or like Ron was saying or letters, like it's so, and because they all watch YouTube videos, right? So they know, you know, you'll get at the end, smash that subscribe button. There's no subscribe button. <laughs> oh my God. Hey guys. There's no like button. Yep. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah. Like you said, hit the like button, right? Like it yeah. is. Yeah. Every one of them wants to be a YouTube star. <laughs> oh, I hear it every day from yeah. my son. Um, Ring that bell and you'll get all the notifications for the next videos. <laughs> like, come on. So Jen, yeah. you did um, Creator Community Summit over the summer. You did a few sessions, right? What were some of the sessions you did? Yes. Um, well, one of the things that I get recognized for the most, like people will randomly email me. They'll be like, I searched uh, We Video Green Screen on YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you came and I saw your video. So that's always like a, that's always a thing. So um, I did a presentation with uh, friends of mine. Um, Erica Sandstrom, she's a green screen, green, green screen girl, right? gal. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bruce, Bruce Riker, yep. um, who I first met at ISTE on the East Coast. He's my East Coast buddy and Manny Curiel. So the four of us together were the, they dubbed us the, the green screen knights or something like that. So <laughs> it's awesome. So we all like combined forces and just kind of showcased like, here's all our green screen stuff. And it was, I think basically a session of like, ah, here's all these ideas. And it was, probably overwhelming for a lot of people, but just generated so many ideas and things you can do and just right. all the possibilities. Um, and then the other session I did was with my friend Patrick Hausman and we did um, we video with Ed Puzzle and putting those together, which oh, cool. was something I had done. I had done with him at another uh, presentation. So that's, it's really cool. I really enjoy like all the connections that I've made with people because then when these things come up, you're not on your own. Like I have to present on WeVideo by myself, which my very first presentation 
ever as like an adult professional was we video and nothing worked and it was the biggest train wreck and I was like mortified. So I mean things have greatly improved since then, <laughs> but that was like my I have this like nightmares of like or my very first uh Illinois it used to be called the Ice Conference and then they decided that was a bad name. Um <laughs> the Wi Fi didn't work and none of my examples would come up and I'd be like, Well if this was working you would have seen this, this and this and <laughs> it was just a lot of like talking people through things. But um, yeah, that power of connection and everything and, and being able to do things with people. I mean, that's how Valerie and I got together. It's just these, so cool. these networks. And yeah, I mean, that's what we were saying earlier was that like, we've never met in person only virtually, but it's just like it, the best things have happened to me in my, in my life professionally because of these connections I've made. And I'm sure right. you all have your own stories like yeah, that yep. too. And it's just, it's so great. Yeah. I yeah. try and tell every new teacher, I've mentored uh, two or three new teachers in the past couple of years. And I'm like, just get on Twitter. Just get on Twitter. Like, you don't have to, I wouldn't know what to say. I'm like, you don't have to say anything. Just like scroll through and, and see, see the ideas that are out there and, and try and try something. Like whatever yeah. you get into, like you, you have that. I know they call it the PLN, but like, yeah, you have that mm -hmm. group of people who are like, like-minded and think like you and some Sometimes, Sometimes you, you need remind, that support. Yeah, you know that you're not on an island yeah. out there. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you might be at your district or, you know, in your school. Huh? Even the book, too. Like, when I signed on with Edumatch, I didn't just get a publisher. I got, I got like, a group of educators who are like-minded, who right. are um, content creators. And, um, and then that, you know, then there was Jen who I was connected to. And then I've just made so many other connections because of this book too, that it's, it's been amazing. I'm, I'm really fortunate that like Edumatch took me on and, um, I've learned a lot from all the people that are in the Edumatch little family there. Yeah, that's nice. cool. I was, I was telling Valerie when she logged on, Jen, we're having, uh, Bruce and all the people from Scripted on in Yay! two weeks. So, also Edumatch. Yeah, yeah. So um, another Edumatch book, uh, you know, going out there with us. So, well, I just got I thank you guys so much for for joining us. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. So can we get first of all, where can they where can people get the book? And what's the website for the book? Yep. So um, you can order it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or through, um, if you want to order bulk, um, so 10 or more copies, you can go right to Edumatch um, Publishing um, and get it there on their website. Um, and you'll get it at a discounted rate if you get bulk, um, more than 10 copies. And then um, the website is ValerieSousaAuthor.com. And that has the free activities. It has information about the characters, like the real characters. Um, it, it's attached to my blog and, um, my Twitter feed. So it just sort of links it all together in one spot. Awesome. And where, Valerie, what, uh, what are, what's your Twitter handle? So if people wanted to follow you, what? It's, um, Valerie Sousa7. Valerie Sousa7. All right. And Jen, mm -hmm. what about you? I know you have a bunch of social media, so. <laughs> Search, search YouTube, Wii Video, Green Screen. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, on on Twitter, on Twitter, I'm Mrs. Lieben, like MRS. If you forget the S and you type in Mr. Lieben, you get my husband. So oh, somebody was oh, like, you guys are early adopters. You got the Mr. and Mrs. Mr. Lieben, also a teacher, art teacher, a uh, different district. But yeah, you know, he'll, he'll pass the message along. Um, <laughs> And then, sad, 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 I couldn't get Mrs. Lieben on Instagram, so I have to be the Mrs. Lieben on Instagram. Oh. So that was like, oh. So I'm honestly, like, I started out on Twitter. That was my thing because I was teaching art. And I just started by following anybody that had the word, like, art teacher in their profile. Right. That was how I started. And it just kind of grew from there. But um, I am now sort of, I maybe it's an elementary thing. I'm starting to find more on, on Instagram now, too. And yep. um you know, advantages, disadvantages, there's always the good and the bad and the ugly and everything. But, um, but it, that seems to be more of a, a elementary thing. Would you say that? Barry? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of great videos and even a lot of like tech tips. Um, I found even from like TikTok, people make them and then they put them onto Instagram. So it's really cool. Yeah. Cause I'm like, Whoa, I didn't know that I could press this one key and it does that. Like, yeah. um, 
So I've found a lot of that, which is pretty cool. And I, I do find that I get a lot of great information. Um, and especially like, I think it's because early childhood is so visual right. and elementary is so visual that Instagram is a more visual space. So yeah. it makes sense that it's connected that way. That and I do, great. I do also have Instagram. It is, um, Valerie underscore Sousa. Okay. So, pretty easy to remember. And Joe, what's also your YouTube? You have, uh, oh, uh, <laughs> I've got two YouTube channels because yeah, why not? Um, wow. So, uh, so yeah. So if you, one is what I call my teacher channel and it's where I post a lot of videos for like for my kids, like instructional stuff I would do. And then things like just yesterday I posted a tour of the library. So things like that, that are very like job related specific to, to me and my kids and stuff. And that one's under my, my, my real regular name, uh, like Jennifer Lieben, it would come up there or Mrs. Lieben. Um, my other YouTube channel is my Google innovator project. Um, and it's called reset, like hitting the reset button, edu. Um, so it's resetedu.org will take you to everything, but the YouTube channel is resetedu. Um, and I admittedly haven't posted in the last couple of months because times are tough right now and I'm experiencing a lot of stress, stress and anxiety and, and teacher wellness, mental health issues. Yeah. I mean, that's something I'm very, I'm very open about and I talk to a lot of people about and there's nothing wrong with getting help. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I've been doing to kind of give myself grace is I backed off of that a little bit. Yeah. I will come back to it though eventually. And the Reset EDU channel is meant more for like other teachers kind of PD um, with the goal being exactly like, how do you hit the reset button when teaching sucks right, right. <laughs> and make it feel better? So it's it's exploring a lot of that kind of stuff, which actually probably now more than ever is something that we kind of need. I so. was just going to say, it was probably five years ago when I sat on a session where I got my reset button hit because I was re- I hit the wall I was done yeah. and and thank God I was in that session so like I understand uh you know the backing off and needing to chill but I'm telling you I bet you that YouTube channel eventually right uh is going to be appreciated by a lot of people we use I use in class I had a kid before I could make the green screen video wanted to start doing it so I I grabbed him your video and I just threw it in our classroom and he watched it and he did it and you know like. It's it's great. Yeah. If I can't do it, that's great. But I know there's other people out there that already have it. Right. And through the magic of Twitter, you know, you see things and I'm like, oh, you, you know what? Here you go. Here's this link. Go do it. And that's what that was yeah. great because you get those, you know, experts. And I'm sure it would happen in kindergarten, Valerie. Like one kid knows how to do everything or not everything, but, you know, one kid knows how to do this. So when you're working with someone else, you know, ask Johnny or ask Sarah. Sarah will know how to do it. Um, so it's, it's, it's cool to see that trickle effect happen. And that's where one of our, the, one of the ones we love is Classroom Q. I don't know if you guys use Classroom oh. Q. Um, we've had yeah. Kyle on a number of times, Ooh. but that's awesome. I mean, that's a fantastic tool for that because they, we just stick it on the whiteboard and then they see like, oh, he needs help with this. I can't wait to get up out of my seat and go help, you know, whoever with this. So that's a good one. I will say there is some leeway. Because the first or second time we were using it, kids are typing up, uh, does anyone need help? <laughs> you know, like, and then, and then they're just looking around. Or, or one little girl, I forget what they were working on. She types up on the queue, I can't find the answer to number six. Like, and, and, <laughs> and when it goes up, you know, there's a, there's a sound that goes off. So everyone's working and they hear it and they look. <laughs> and I, and I was just like, uh, that's that's not the questions we're asking. <laughs> like, I can't find it. Like, uh, like hey, that's delete that question. Hey, that, that's an innovative little girl right there, right? Well, like, <laughs> she's I think thing. the cue would the cue would thing. never end in kindergarten. It yeah, would just that's be like, true. Ding, yeah. ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> they would, and they would have nothing to do with the lesson. It would just right, be right. like, what's your favorite kind of sandwich? Do you have a dog? Why is your shirt orange? Mm-hmm. My cat. Can you tie my dog. shoe? <laughs> yeah, not even questions. It would just be yeah. like statements. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> And Jen, I got to say, I, I appreciate it over the, the summer and even into the, you know, the fall a little bit, the, you know, your posts on Twitter, you know, being, like you said, very open about, I, look, I, I mean, because I, I'll be honest, in the end of July, August, I went to the ER with chest pains 
because I was so stressed out. I'm immune compromised. My wife's immune compromised that I was going to have to walk back into a classroom and we take care of my, you know, help take care of my 89 year old mother-in-law that I was going to be putting my wife, my mother-in-law at risk. Uh, I was okay with me if I got sick, but I, I couldn't handle putting somebody else and getting somebody else sick. So like seeing those posts from you and different people, it, it just, it, I think it let people know, you know, it is okay that people are struggling. Yeah. You know, so. um, thank, thank you for saying that because I did get myself into quite a bit of trouble if you guys didn't follow that storyline. Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh, I'll send you the link. My oh. superintendent came for me in public uh, wow. for it. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit of a black sheep at the moment in my district, but yeah. for speaking out. But you know what? If I had to do it over again, I don't regret speaking hey. out because I am in the same boat as you. Immunocompromised only my district doesn't let me stay home. They have flat out ignored. I mean, this is a whole nother episode, so I won't go too much into it. But we went back in person hybrid and we were forced to teach everyone all at once, whether they're home, whatever. It, it is an unsustainable model. It is right. the worst idea ever. I will, I will just come out and say, having done it, it's the worst idea ever. As a specials teacher, I was additionally being asked to walk into every single classroom right. in the room. And well, that, was like, that's I'm exactly immunocompromised. What... Yeah, yeah. And that, that's ridiculous. But our numbers went up and now we're all teaching from home, which is like, if you asked a teacher, they would have told you that. Right. Like, I'm just like, Oh, but I Isn't think that's the case with life... everything now. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. I think mean... everything right now feels like that. So I'm, I'm actually feeling a lot better right now because this week I've been teaching from home. This right. is the first like full week I've been teaching from home. Also, it's week before Halloween. So, right. hey, so my good. favorite holiday. Um, so, yeah, but just being able to teach from home and what that has done on like stress levels and stuff. So I get really upset when I hear people say like, we need to go back in person because kids, mental health, they need this. I want to be like, have you ever been in a, in, in a classroom when you push kids back to school? That's not helping their mental health. They're not allowed to be with their friends and right. near their friends. It's not the magic pill that you guys think it is. Right. It is, in, in my opinion and in my personal experience, not to speak for anybody else, it's not better. Um, so, so in, in my yeah. son's district, he's back one day a week and they, they have a lunch period, but they don't serve him lunch. And, uh, my girlfriend, his mom was, was saying it's so sad because somehow a picture surfaced of lunch on, on social media and everyone's just sitting there. No one's talking. You're not allowed to do anything. Like everyone's in a mask. Like it doesn't, that, yeah. <laughs> that can't be good for your social health. We'd, we'd be better off doing lunch like this. Like, hey, bring right. your lunch. Let's do a Zoom lunch Zoom, meeting. Because right. then you can, like, eat and talk. And what are you eating? And what are you? And they can see your face, like you mm -hmm. were saying. That's so much different. It feels so good. And I know yeah. that there's, like, no right answer in all this. There really isn't. But right. the I think people think, too, that their connections can't be made, like, virtually. And I can't even – I know so much about my students. I know about their pets. I know about their family. <laughs> I actually might know more. Right. At this point in the year than I would if yep. I was in classroom because they all get to like, I get to see them all at once and hear them at one time and, and connect with them more. Like, and probably it's different, like with, with parents at home and, and maybe like with, with, you know, you guys are both younger. So there's probably parents. I know I had a lot more contact with parents. <laughs> Well, like younger, dealing with younger students. So, so oh. parents are going to be. <laughs> Sorry. No, Sorry. Don't, don't take that compliment yet. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. You know, um, it's getting late and my coffee's wearing off. Like, you know, with, I, I think parents are more involved with younger yeah. students yeah. and then with, with remote, uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, I, I, I feel like I've, I mean, I've been, like I said, I've been all remote and I have made better connections because you know what I did? I just said, you know what? Time is time. Time's going to pass. Connections need to be the important thing. So like, I would never have done this face to face, but every day there is a question of the day in Google Classroom yeah. and they have been right now, it's been weeks of hit or miss. I'll put a song file up that they listen to and they vote if it's a hit or miss. Like I put an old boys to men thing up today. <laughs> I had, uh, what was it? A putting on the Ritz from like, was it oh. taco in the eighties? Right. Like put yes. that up. The kids were like, 
what is this? Are you kidding me? <laughs> but it's been great. It's it sparked so many conversations and so much fun and joy of them listening to it. And um, it, it really has helped make more connections than I probably would have in, in class because I, I kind of just resigned to the fact that I'm not going to get through as much content as I normally do. And I'm okay with it. And it's yeah, going to be okay the best right thing. Now. Yeah. Um, connections are more important at the moment. Our and I think the kids are getting more out of it. But our administration is really supportive with that, where, yeah. you know, as, as far been. as I, I know, they are expecting a lot out of the kids, but they do know that the kids' social-emotional learning needs to be the forefront of all this. Um, if anything else that we're trying to push is going to stick. Yeah. Um, so I, I will say, we do have a supportive administration, but I, I agree, Valerie, like there's no right way to do it, right? Like it's from yeah. district to district, from family to family. It's what someone right. wants isn't going to be what they get. What right. someone gets isn't going to be what they need. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a tricky situation. It's doing the best we can. Best yeah, we can which is why I think teachers, administrators, people at the state level, everyone's got to be like, I guess have an empathetic heart and just yep. be cool with it. <laughs> but we're doing SGOs, we're doing PDPs, yeah. we're doing we're doing it all. Any acronym I'll do tomorrow. At us. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost done. I turned mine in. And here we are rambling. Yeah. <laughs> so, but now, it, it, like I said, it, it's been awesome. Um, really pre appreciate both of you putting in the time. Um, so thank you. Oh, thank you for having us. This yeah. is great. Teacher nerds, teacher nerds, knocking on your door. Open up, let's take your teaching further than before. Give it a try, don't be shy, there's nothing there to lose. Worst thing that happens, kids get pain on their shoes. We're talking teacher nerds. I'm Thanks for listening to the Teacher Nerds Podcast. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, or anywhere you listen. Remember to visit TeacherNerds.com, and that's nerds with a Z. Follow us on Twitter at TeacherNerds and on Instagram at TeacherNerdsPodcast. And thank you for being one of the Teacher Nerds.